0: All times are Eastern.
1: And now, the Boston Bastard Brigade,
2: Electric Sisterhood, and On the Street, proudly present: No points, no, no Mix, the world's j pop and alternative hotspot.
3: Bastards and Wenches, welcome to episode 291 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. So, last week, I spun one of Orville Peck's songs from his debut album, Pony, thinking that his Boston Calling appearance would be the only thing I could talk about. Well, consider me surprised when a couple of days after the episode posted, Orville announced a new album called Blanco that is due to be released in April. And to give us fans a sneak peek, he dropped one official music video and three lyric videos of songs from the record. And I gotta say, as someone who already said it was going to be an outstanding year for music, Orville Peck might be the dude to beat in 2022. On top of the excellent video for Come On Baby Cry, the songs Any Turn and Out of Time showcase just how much he's evolved as an artist these last few years but holy shit when you hear the song of Daytona Saiyan, you are more than likely hearing the best song of 2022 imagine if the killers did country music with a Johnny Cash like tone that's Daytona Saiyan, and I'll be honest I've listened to it every single day since it was released If you have not jumped on the Orville Peck bandwagon, I urge you to do so. It's because of artists like him and Sturgill Simpson that I'm starting to pay attention to the country music scene again. And to give you an idea of how long it's been since I cared about country music, I haven't followed the scene since I was in grade school. Now we have these two artists who are bringing a new era of country music to the masses. And if it brings more artists that have the same heart and soul as these two, then country music is about to have themselves a new golden age. And hey, if it's making some of my friends who absolutely hate country music turn their heads and notice, then both Sturgill and especially Orville are doing something right. Anyways, I wanted to start to show up just, you know, talking about that. But later on on No Borders, No Race, I talk about why a certain J-pop quartet may very well shake the music world. And how two teasing kids have come to bring forth, quite possibly, the greatest anime rom-com ever made. Plus, on this week's A Bastard Soapbox, why the world needs to learn how to laugh at itself. But first, let's start this week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're starting off the show with some Boris, who just unleashed their latest album, W. And on this record, while having some of their doom metal characteristics, they seem to take a bit of a breather from the loudness. But not on this track that I'm about to share. From W, here are Boris with The Fallen.
4: or shilling around at Scarlet Rhapsody we are an independent web zone covering conventions across the country Scarlet Rhapsody breaks it down for you the guests the dealers the culture the cosplay the trending fandoms and what makes a convention worth the price of admission are you convention cultured? you will be visit us on the web at scarlet-rhapsody.com facebook at scarlet Rhapsody Media, twitter at consandchurros youtube at scarlet rhapsody convention cultured and remember the con is what you make of it so make it a good one see you at the con
3: nuts mind if i do and right now chai are in the midst of touring the u.s and we'll be joining artists Mitsuki in march for more american dates now folks i have spoken about chai and my love for their music for quite a while and as you may recall i placed wink at the number two spot on last year's top japanese albums list it's a phenomenal record that plays with pop rock hip hop chiptune and various other genres Their talents are so good that it even got the attention of Damon Albarn, who had them as a featured artist on Gorilla's most recent album, on top of also being on the recent album from Duran Duran. So you would think that, as someone who has been following this band since they released their debut EP Hotoraka series back in 2015, that I would know just how much greatness Chai could bring to the table. But then, I finally saw them live in concert over at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Let me tell you something, you do not know just how mind-blowing a Chai concert is. In fact, Chai could go down as probably one of the best live acts of the decade let me explain to you why that is when you hear a band's album you have a sort of idea of what you would get from a live version of the songs on there from the way the album sounds to how the band members will perform it you get this vision of what the performers will do when they present a song in a live setting chai do something entirely different Despite their cuteness and their pinkish nature, the vibe you get from Chai is one filled with pure badassery. Now, this is a very different kind of badassery from something like bandmade or baby metal. Those groups have a vision and they stick with that vision from start to finish when on stage. For Chai, their mentality and attitude fluctuates in different directions. To give you an idea, let me tell you about the sort of styles I experienced from this chai show. We got old-school gangster rap from opener No More Cake with a rip-roaring bass solo that felt like something from an older Queens of the Stone Age record. We had dance pop in songs like Action, Noisecore Punk in Cool Cool Vision, Lo-Fi Goodness in Maybe Chocolate Chips, and some lovely dream pop in, well, the song I just played in today's episode. From a sound perspective, Chai are a lot like Beck. Both artists dabble in many kinds of genres and execute every single one of them flawlessly. But when it comes to their live presentation, there's only one band that truly comes to mind that I can compare Chai with, and that is the Beastie Boys. One of my greatest regrets was never getting to see Mike D, Ad-Rock, and MCA live and in person. I only ever saw them live on TV or on YouTube, and from what I saw, the audiences there looked truly entranced and united with the band as one. Chai does that. Their energy, their welcoming attitude, the way they all trade off instruments and are masters of just about any sort of musical concoction you can place in their hands, and especially the BOOM of their sound, are on the very same level as what the Beastie Boys brought. Again, this is just from someone who only witnessed Beastie Boys in a secondary setting, not in person. But as the show came to an end and Chai walked off the stage for the evening, the Beastie Boys was the only thing I could think of that I could compare to what I had just experienced. They are that good. So if you hear about Chai coming to a town near you, be it as a headliner or as part of Mitsuki's tour, then I urge you to go and see why I'm saying what I'm saying now. This was the best performance I've seen post-pandemic. And I think every person in the Sinclair, which was packed, by the way, would agree with that statement. Go see Chai and experience a vibe that once was lost but has fortunately been found again now if you go see chai headline you get an extra treat in the form of their opener her name is sue lee and she comes from south korea although she did say that she lived in boston for a time although i'm not sure how long that was she is a true do-it-yourself k-pop singer with an attitude and vibe that is both Confident and adorably awkward. And it's rare for those two feelings to come together so perfectly. Sue Lee is awesome, and I hope she becomes a huge star too. And right now, I'm going to play the song that got the attention of Reddit users as it plastered the front page of the site when she first released it. Here is Sue Lee with I'll Just Dance.
1: Questions that I don't know the answers to I don't know who to ask Even Mr. Google's like, bro, you need to figure this out
5: Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, year end special.
3: And I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgald. And you can tune into The Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show.
5: Yes! Tune in! We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool, and you can hear more good songs just like this.
0: 違みについてさで生まれてきて
2: ¡Muchas
3: recent album forever days that was rad wimps with twilight and a little fun fact that i just found out about rad wimps is that they also perform under the guise of another band called Miso misoshiruz the sound is a lot more punky and in your face a lot like how green day have their weird side project the network i recommend checking out Miso misoshiruz as i actually tend to like that sort of sound more than their actual persona Over the last four years, one anime romantic comedy that has stolen my heart and tickled my funny bone has been Teasing Master Takagi-san, or Karakai Jozo no Takagi-san, as it was known as when it was first released in the U.S., The story follows two kids named Nishikata and Takagi who try to one-up each other in games of wit, practical jokes, and bets. And as you can imagine, Takagi-san almost always has the upper hand over Nishikata who just about falls for all of her tricks. When I reviewed its first season back in 2018, I gave it 4.5 stars, praising it for its endearing innocent quality mixed with its laugh-out-loud sense of humor. Now, to be a fan of Teasing Master Takagi-san is kind of torture. In order to watch Season 1, you either have to have Crunchyroll or Funimation. As of this recording, Season 2 is only viewable on Netflix. Now, for this current season, as well as its upcoming movie, you need to have High Dive in order to watch them. So yeah, it's a pain in the butt to have to go through three or four different places in order to watch the whole thing. But let me tell you something. Teasing Master Takagi-san is worth going through the pain of needing three different places to watch the whole thing, because this anime isn't just about the teasing. It's about what happens after the teasing, the way both Nishikata and Takagi-san grow as people and start to feel things for one another, even if the boy is so damn stubborn to admit it. But the fact of the matter is this: Takagi-san loves Nishikata and Nishikata is trying to go through the motions and the teasings to see if these feelings are genuine. Season 1 had those emotions trickle out here and there, especially when Takagi teaches Nishikata how to ride a bike or tutor him for a test. Season 2 has the two embarking more on bonding adventures, such as school trips and summer festivals. And I'll say this, Had Season 2 dropped in the U.S. in time and not stuck in Netflix jail until the end of 2019, I would have easily put Teasing Master Takagi-san on my top anime of the 2020s list. It was that fantastic. But now with Season 3, the romance element is very much coming into the forefront of Teasing Master Takagi-san. Whether it's Takagi-san saying I love you to Nishikata and disguises it as something she's reading from a book, or the way she embraces him while he's pulling a fish in, these feelings and emotions are becoming more and more obvious, even to the clueless Nishikata. Yes, she's had a sneaking suspicion since season one, but his competitive side almost always gets in the way of what his heart's feeling. That all changes with the Culture Fest episode, and it leads up to a moment that fans of the series have been waiting a very, very long time to see. I really do not want to spoil the moment, but it involves Takagi and Nishikata participating in a school play, and it brings forth a situation that I believe cements teasing master Takagi-san as the absolute best anime rom-com made. As much as I love Kagi-sama Love is War, and Rambo Half and Nagasarate Airento, what Takagi-san has been able to accomplish in these last few episodes have been absolutely tremendous. The fact that we are also getting a movie later this year shows that there's plenty more story to tell. With there being a handful of episodes left in this season, who knows where and how it will all end. For all we know, the film could possibly be an adaptation of the sequel series, which has Takagi-san and Nishikata all grown up with a kid of their own. The fact that you see her in one of the third season's episode segments could very well be pointing towards that possibility. But for now, until we know more about the film, I urge anyone who hasn't begun watching Teasing Master Takagi-san to start doing so. It is a true rom-com masterpiece in every sense of the word. I know you have to have three or four different streaming sites to watch it, but guess what? There are a lot of amazing series to watch on Crunchyroll, Funimation, Netflix, and High Dive, so I can promise you that it won't be a waste of money to get all of them. Just take my word for it, if you aren't watching Teasing Master Takagi-san, then you can't claim to be watching the best anime rom-com ever made. Now, one of the cool things about this anime is that it ends with various covers performed by Takagi-san voice actress Rie Takahashi. What you are about to hear is one of those covers heard in the third season of Teasing Master Takagi-san, which was originally performed by Judy and Mary. This is Overdrive.
4: Go cha ma
5: Guy from issuesprogram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you, any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube, Phil's Recap and Review, or check out issuesprogram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them jump on over. Join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing. You can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time.
3: Their debut album, an electronic jazz punk passage through dreams, that was silent cure with so featuring Eliza King on vocals. The Copenhagen-based indie synth pop group will be doing a free live stream on February 25th at 4 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time via their Bandcamp, as they talk about the creation of the album, among other things. And now folks, we're taking it to the streets of Commonwealth Avenue for the quest for some local cuisine. It's time for the Bean Town Sampler. Today's Bean Town Sampler comes from a nationally acclaimed rapper, poet, and educator by the name of Umpa. Her sounds are a representation of her identity within the black, queer, and orphaned communities bringing forth a beautiful sound with spitfire lyrics that grab hold of you until you get the message she is conveying. She currently has three albums to her name, with her most recent one being last year's Unbothered. Right now, though, we're going to spin something from her sophomore release, Cleo. Here now is Oompa with Fool's Gold.
6: Take my fingerprint, keep me for a minute. DTP, this is ludicrous. You just make it, charge a stick. You don't give a fuck, you off by six. Office need the quota, I ain't do shit. Posted with the click, sitting at the crib, smoking on the spliff. You know it's legit. Here you come in your hoop D car, thinking we supposed to ride your dick. Chest puffed out, talking rah rah. You don't like when you feel ignored. Boss, just put the pressure on you, boy You know you gotta go and get yours. You ain't gotta worry about keeping your job, you just wanna kill a nigga. Hope you know how many others that you bag for the masters. You still a nigga. When the blue come off, blacks Still there, that's just how I boost heal You don't understand, but that don't my nigga Doing twenty-five to life, I you will asleep on my throne Dream they work
1: to the bone For some free, for some gold
6: That's the dream, huh that's the goal Hold oh, this chain, ain't real gold My neck green now, my so How are you today? Every time I'm here, you say the same thing Wanna pick your class, then you gotta pay Got four jobs, how you spend your wage? Used to clean our house, that's another way We saw your record, then we gotta say. Better get them grades if you wanna stay If you think you could graduate What about your parents, girl? Where did they live? Can't they write a check for you? I never seen them up on campus before How come nobody check on you? By the way, a few things went missing I'm not saying you know anything about it But here's my number if you hear something Don't you ever hesitate to dial it we know he called you a nigga, law's law, and you threw the first blow. You should have been a bigger person, not to mention you the one on payroll. We can have that type of habit. In addition, you've been missing classes, you're unstable. If you wanna, you could come back when you're able. Take a leave of abs and sign this little piece of paper, girl. On my throne. Dreaming world.
7: star trek to back to the future we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at league podcast.com the league of ordinary gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at league
3: Noodles with Empty Girl and just recently Noodles celebrated their 30th anniversary as a band. Although as of this recording nothing super big has been planned yet for their milestone, but here's hoping that they could do a nice tour sometime in 2022. And now folks, I am going to tread as carefully as I can with this next segment. So um hold on to your hats. It's time for a bastard soapbox. Nobody has ever died from a joke. Well, okay, maybe court jesters have lost their heads over a bad performance. But when a comedian makes fun of something or someone, they're just having a laugh. A simple little ribbing. They're putting a funhouse mirror in front of a person and telling them to look. Comedy has always been this way. Because in order for the body of comedy to function, somebody has to act as its butt. Otherwise, the body will fall over itself. And for hundreds of years, it was like this. And nobody had a problem. Okay, the government had some issues with Letty Bruce and George Carlin and Richard Pryor, but not the people that were being made a joke of. People like Don Rickles, Jackie Mason, and even Groucho Marx made it part of their shtick to find people in the audience and make fun of them in ways that would make even the victim fall over laughing. People would sometimes leave angrily from a show, but they wouldn't tell anyone about how they were offended or something, because if they did, they'd rightfully be called a wussy. Now, I do understand that this is 2022. We have evolved greatly in the fight for equality to people of different genders, races, orientations, and faiths. We, as a people, have made amazing strides to be a more welcoming human race than we were 30 years ago. And as someone who has been on the side of good for most of his life... I have heard about the hurdles that my minority friends, my gay friends, my transgender friends, and religious and especially non-religious friends had to jump in order to seek acceptance and a safe place to be themselves. And I hope that we can keep on evolving as humanity continuously betters themselves. But when you walk into a comedy club or put on a stand-up special... Those concerns and feelings are best left at the coat check. There's only one sort of feeling that matters when watching stand-up comedy, and it's a funny feeling. You're meant to laugh, chuckle, maybe even look at something entirely different from a different perspective. Sometimes you're even educated about certain things, and sometimes that learning experience is tagged alongside a joke that makes you laugh but you feel horrible laughing about right afterwards. That (laughs) HA HA OOF feeling, where you chuckle and then ask yourself, what the hell is wrong with me? And those are the stand-up comics I love the most. People like Anthony Jeselnik, who made a joke about the Boston Marathon bombing minutes after it happened. And I get that maybe that's too soon, but marathons are meant to break time records, and I guess this was no exception. And this is coming from someone whose parents got blown up in the first explosion! I love people like Jim Jefferies, who can say the word cunt like it was the most poetic word on the planet. And he's made rape jokes, misogynist jokes, and even jokes about the current cancel culture that makes you think in very different ways. Because as he said in his most recent special, Tolerance evolves, and those who yell at others for being intolerant today will more than likely be intolerant themselves 30 years from now. Some of you are going to deny that'll happen, so all I can say is, best of luck to you. I love Dave Chappelle. I get that a lot of people in the LGBTQ community are mad at him for his jokes about transgender people in his recent special The Closer. And yeah... I think there was about a couple of jokes here that crossed the line, but most of the time I was laughing because I got where he was coming from. And Dave even said it in the special. He makes fun of everyone else because he's jealous. The black community worked to get the door open for minorities and people of different genders and faiths and orientations to be accepted and everyone else has been able to run through that door before they can even get through it themselves. That was the point of the whole special, and he did it fairly well, though like I said, some jokes he could have worded better. My opinion. And I absolutely love Jimmy Carr. To me, Jimmy Carr is the best comedian in the world. He goes in telling the audience that we are all here for a laugh and no harm will be done. And then, he tells the most shocking, dark, and sometimes disgusting jokes you can even imagine. And everybody, including himself with his seagull chuckle, the one that goes, Ho, 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 gets to be the butt of the joke. With even his career-enders, as he calls them, there's some educational value in him. Although you'll cringe while laughing when he makes jokes about even the greatest atrocities in human history. But I love Jimmy Carr because there are no holds barred in his humor. And people who have been following him for 20 years like I have get that. So whenever I hear someone complaining about a joke or comedian and trying to be some sort of keyboard crusader, it makes me ask questions. And those questions are as followed. Why didn't you just turn off the special and watch something else? Why didn't you just walk out of the comedy club and ask for a refund? If you knew this was their style of humor, then why did you go and watch it in the first place? Because here's the fact, everybody has very different tastes when it comes to comedy. Every person has their limits as to what they think is socially acceptable and what they consider to be okay to be made fun of. People like me practically have no filter when it comes to their sense of humor. And I've even said in the past that I'm okay with comedians making fun of people with autism because I prefer that over another actor or actress playing an autistic person in some Oscar-bait kind of rubbish. But there are people who can't stomach rape jokes who can't tolerate race jokes, who can't stand jokes about the disabled, and can't handle jokes involving the worst moments in history. And that's okay. People have their limits. If you don't want to deal with those kinds of jokes, then you shouldn't have to sit through them. Turn off the TV, walk out of the comedy club, get as far away from that kind of humor as you can. But, don't you dare ruin the fun for the rest of us. Don't be trying to cancel a comedian because they told a joke. Like they were responsible for the bad thing they were joking about. Because there is a very thick line between horrible stuff and jokes about horrible stuff. And if you can't differentiate between actual bad people and a comedian telling a joke about the things bad people have done, then you need to delete your Twitter, turn off your computer, and educate yourself on the art of comedy and why it's important sometimes to be the butt of a joke. You know, I've been trying to find the right words regarding this subject for months, and I have been putting it off until I felt like I could say what I wanted in the right way, in a way that'll make everyone understand how dumb it is to cancel a comedian over a joke or a gag or a routine. Because it's not like these jokes are causing physical attacks, or verbal abuse, or hate crimes. Those have been around far longer than any comedy special that's ever been recorded. I wish that wasn't the case, but those are the facts. Because the fact of the matter is this. A joke doesn't suddenly turn someone racist, or homophobic, or transphobic, or xenophobic. Those people already were to begin with. It's like blaming video games for violence or metal music for Satanism. You're looking for a scapegoat, while it's how someone was raised or the environment they lived in that's actually what you should be blaming. The people you are blaming, stand-up comedians, shouldn't even be thought of as someone to accuse, much less shift the blame over to. So keep this in mind. If you don't like a comedian and their jokes, you have every right to refuse to watch them. There are plenty of things to watch and plenty of people that you can enjoy seeing on stage. But when you try to end a person's career because something didn't make you laugh, then that, my friends, is when the art of comedy is placed in jeopardy. And in this current world of ours where we have to worry about COVID and Omicron, the rise of white nationalists, and even the threat of our democracy crumbling, We could all use a good laugh to take our minds off of the bad things in life. We need all the laughs we can get. And even if the routine doesn't rub you the right way, there's someone else who will appreciate the joke. And that concludes today's Bastard Soapbox. Remember, these are the opinions of myself, not those of the land of Esh. Like I said, this was a very hard subject to talk about, and I have been working on it for a very, very long time. I hope you can understand my stance on comedy and its art form, and if you can't, that's fine. We all have different opinions on this matter. So just let my words settle in and think them over as we return to this week's playlist. From Umiya, Sweden, comes a new psychedelic garage punk band calling themselves Hugo's Will. Their debut album is due out later this year, which currently doesn't have a title as of this recording, but this is a hint of what we can expect in the form of Murder Love. Hello.
5: Freedom. Knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at (laughs) abstractjapan.com
3: Soda sort of pop fan club 4 album that was Cider Girl with Kaiju no Yume, and Cider Girl have been getting a lot more attention these last few months, thanks to their opening themed contribution to last year's hit Netflix comedy, Kumi Can't Communicate, which returns for a new season this spring. So ima minasan konsuno yoyaku no jikan desu. sa The Chai, go to the 第さん自分 my thanks again to my teacher, Mikio Hattori-sensei, for helping to translate this section. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on her cultural exchange initiative, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org, and you can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. Here's a recent track from Sentimilla Mental, whom you might remember for their work on the excellent boys' love anime series, Given. From their recent album, Yasashii Hamono, this is Hanashi no Tuzuki.
2: The sky is a
7: Presenting a bold new adventure into Lovecraftian horror and black comedy. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Sold to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. Get anything good? Contents of automobile trunk, backseat, and glove box unsorted.
0: Mmm, riveting.
7: But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards.
5: That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you.
7: To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Covenfield, a renowned mountain man author.
6: Estelle, ma'am, I I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds
7: are good, but the goods aren't. Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm gonna just be upstairs cleaning my gun. (laughs) Who are you, my dad? (laughs) Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now and Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm Mm-mm, that sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children.
3: The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you, and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back.
4: You, you brought me back. Brought
0: you back from what?
4: This is not our world.
2: This is not our our world. world at all.
0: When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest,
5: there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. "Ah, I will eat you.
1: Dear Lord, what happened to you?
5: It's
6: take too long to explain. we got to uh, get to the hospital.
3: I'll tell you what, right Um, now, we, we can't go
5: to the police with this. Yeah, I suspect you're right. Uh, they'll put us in the sanitarium. I... The air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow.
7: In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness discover the terrible secret of lot x the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player just search for the call of cthulhu mystery program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com.
2: I did not want it anyway. And now it's come to bad again. And I don't think I can take this it straight. It's here. Again.
3: from ireland's ava vox that was alone again her album immortalized hits stores on march 25th the first full length for this persona of the former front woman of the seventh veil elaine hannon this song features the bass and drum work of james blenton Hassett and robbie casserly who both have an impressive resume working with such artists as elvis costello the rolling stones and mark Knopfler. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bastard Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're an abandoned want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastardsatbostonbastardbrigade.com at like us on facebook.com/bostonbassregate and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me, your king baby duck, on Twitter, the J-pop, video games, anime, amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at kingbabyduckesh. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at BlackCompat, which you can find at blackcompat.com, twitch.tv/blackcompat, and youtube.com/blackcompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Silent Cure and Ava Vox made possible by Shameless Promotion PR and a very special thank you to Richard Evans for his contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. Shout out to Kabar PR for Hugo's Will and a nod to Clay Inferno for this week's Town Sampler. We're ending the show with some Spira Spica who have been making waves thanks to their contribution to this season's hit rom-com, My Dress Up Darling, an awesome Really funny, very cute anime series. Highly recommend you check it out. This here is a B side from the opening theme's Sun Sun Day single, and it's a wonderful song entitled Go Beyond. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps. <laughs>
2: Got it. Dakirasu.
3: Duck Evan Borgo from the Electric Sisterhood and your host for the No Borders No Race podcast Each episode we play the best brightest and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe and the rest of the world Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com CD Japan. Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.